Tune in every Tuesday to the Learning with Lowell podcast with me, your host, Lowell, to hear world-class scientists, startup founders, CEOs, and authors, people who you wouldn't normally hear about but are making huge waves all the same. You'll understand them and their work by hearing their passion, laughter, advice, and hearing them, the experts, break down what they're working on so that you can learn, push the boundaries of your knowledge, and understanding. So normally this is when I would start telling you about who's going to be on today, but today, and this is kind of why it's been this is being released a little later than normal. The episode that was going to go up today had to be postponed because the startup I interviewed uh, actually ran out, ran out of business, which is kind of, you know, it happens. And I wanted to release it, but they were in a state where they didn't want to kind of have that like humiliation. And I completely understand that you put all your life and energy into something and it doesn't work out. So it makes sense. So today it kind of gives me this interesting opportunity to tell you about what's coming up on the podcast and to talk about this project I'm working on. I'm going to do a crowdfunding campaign for and I hope a lot of the listeners and people that have helped out throughout the the podcast in my life will come help support that because it's just amazing I put I spent a lot of time in it and I, I hope it resonates with other people I mean the people have been signing up for the for the updates and all this other information and really engaging with it and I really appreciate all that feedback so please if you uh if you like it, please tell people about it because that's the only way it's going to work. Like It's not really for me, but today I want to get into what I built. I have did some blog posts on this, but I thought I'd talk a little bit and let you hear what was exciting to me and where I got my ideas from. So for the longest time, I have really loved and enjoyed beekeeping. I think for a lot of people, they enjoy the honey. They enjoy the fact that it helps out nature. For me, it's almost like owning a pet or having a pet or having a dog or something like that. It's just really rewarding to take care of something that takes care of the environment and are constantly working like they do. I mean, if you've ever been out to a beehive, it is fascinating. And just being around them, it's very calming because you kind of have to be calm or, or like they'll be very receptive to that. If you're anxious, they'll be anxious. It's, it's very symbiotic in that way. So for about 10 years now, I've been a beekeeper. The first thing I got when I was 18 years old was a beehive. And, you know, that first winter they died because, you know, either I didn't take care of them right, I didn't do something right. And, um, that was really, really hard on me because like you put so much effort and I put years of learning and I even gave talks and stuff. Like I, I knew enough to like help people like get started and yet at the same time still biffed it when I went to, went up for bat. And that's a horrible thing because you want to take care of them. And I wanted to take care of my bees and I wanted to expand and have a little hive thing. It's never was really about making money or collecting honey, which is, you know, I love honey. I add it to my smoothies all the time, but to me, it's just the joy and fun of taking care of bees. Like if you're in an apartment complex, maybe you can put them on the roof. If you're out in the country, you know, you have tons of land, you know, you have all these spots for them. And it's just like this great touchdown where, you're, where you can be having like a 40, 80 hour week and you go hang out with the bees. You see what they're doing, making sure they're okay, do their hive checkups and just c- completely zens out. It's like, it's like exercising, but it's just for your mind and just for your community and, and local ecology because they do so much for the environment. And so, you know, many, many years go by. I've tried pretty much everything to ensure that the bees are doing well. And about five years ago, you know, I really got into Elon Musk like most people did with SpaceX and Tesla and all these cool things he's up to. And I started reading about this first order principles that you hear so much about. And first first principles is this idea that can you boil things down to its base levels and then rebuild it from there? and uh, find a new efficiency or a new way of going about things. And so for Elon, he broke things down to the point where he realized that, you know, if you could reuse the rocket, you'd save a lot. And so he pushed for that. And so I started breaking down different parts of the hive. And that's when I learned about 
some of the stuff that I'm about to talk about. So the first thing, if you look at the, the beehives themselves, they're normally made out of wood. And wood actually is a poor insulator when it's just manufactured and sheared like that. Like if a, if a beehive is in a, a tree, for instance, like it has really good thermal abilities in that in that tree to for lack of a better word like they'll be pretty good insulated but if you have them in a box it's not as insulated to give you an idea everything is done in r value so r value 1 r value 20 r value 40 so the higher you go the better r value you have and so the like poplar which is very common material that beehives are made out of poplar maybe maple some other stuff it only really has an r value of 0.23 like it's you know 20% of, of one R value. And so they're really bad insulated. And to give that context in the United States, there's like five or seven zones for temperature swings and, and, and summer and winter. And in winter it can get, you need like an R value of like 30 in your house to be, you know, toasty and not, you know, die. And so you have these bees that are basically in these boxes, these wooden boxes that don't even have an R value of one and in regions with that require like if you wanted to live as a person an r value a hundred times bigger so like i saw that as like a one immediate opportunity to change that to change that and there are some people out there who are making like these styrofoam beehives which is pretty interesting but then they're not very like strong they're not they have their own drawbacks as well if you just use like that type of material and so I also wanted something that looked good, that was very tough, that would last a long period of time as well. Because when you have wood, you have to do a lot. You don't have to, maybe not a lot, but you have to do more work than other materials to make sure it's kept up to date. Like my hive when I was 18, I, I treated it every year, like I repainted it and stuff. And over a course of two years, it went from being brand new to having holes in it, to having, you know, like stuff eaten out of it, like wood chips, rot, like you name it. And so you have like triple negatives where you have negative one has a horrible insulation value. Like the majority of bees die during winter. So last to give that context, last winter, horrible winter in the Midwest, it was as cold as Antarctica if you're reading the headlines. And so we lost something like 40% of beehives in America and the UK, they lost something like 60%. So it's a huge thing. Like, granted, when they in the spring they do a lot of work, especially with human management, to like rebuild that. But you're still losing a huge amount. And one of the reasons is the wood isn't a great insulator. It's not very sturdy. It's not going to last a long period of time. And they're basically just cheaply made. And, and it makes sense. Like a lot of bee people are just trying to like get started and be as cheap as possible about it because they want to just get to owning the bees. And so, and that was that way as well. But I noticed using these first order principles, if you break it down, there are better ways of doing that. Like there are better insulation materials to build these hives. And so I started playing around with it, just working on the actual hive body itself. And I started playing with aerogels to see like how good of an insulation material that would be for beehives. And if you, I mean, to give that context as well, aerogels are what they use to insulate aircraft. I mean, spacecraft as they reenter earth like come back so like they take a lot of punishment and so i was just like being ridiculous like would this actually fit would that actually work and it actually worked pretty well and so and you'll see this in the the prototypes that i put up during the kickstarter like the ones i have for the kickstarter for the crowdfunding campaign they show like the shiny version i have now which isn't like 100 percent what i want it to be but it does show like 
uh, the aerogel version that I made, which is like really, really nerdy um, and probably is overkill. But I wanted to go with the extreme before making something more moderate. And so just based on that reason alone, I built this new hive body that had this aerogel type material on the inside of it and had stainless steel on the outside. And as many of you probably know, through some updates a couple a couple months ago, stainless steel is what they make the new rocket that SpaceX is making, and they actually make a lot of rockets out of it as well. So it's pretty durable, and it you know most of life is built off of steel of one type over another. And stainless steel works really really well, and it's very long lasting, which is what I wanted. It's it's resistant to corrosive environments, and I wanted it something that you buy it and it lasts a really long time, so that people can have the enjoyment of taking care of the bees without having to you know take care of the environment of it and it and also kind of looks futuristic so there's gonna be two versions as well there's a futuristic one that looks very shiny and looks really cool and it has it kind of looks like an iphone honestly or a tesla uh, which is also like where i got my inspiration from but and there's the other one that kind of has like the a more wood rustic type look to it and the cool thing is that they're both made out of metal it's just like how you treat it makes it look different which is really fascinating and so that was part one you know, just updating the hive body. That took a little bit. I wanted to experiment a lot with that. Uh, after the Kickstarter, I'm going to experiment a little bit more over the winter to optimize it fully. The Kickstarter, the crowdfunding campaign isn't for an extreme amount of money, but it's enough for I can really just make it the best thing. And then come spring, I can ship them all and, you know, get everything out there for people so they can appreciate them and have a hive that is easier on the bees. So part two that I noticed is that there's this in, there's a huge amount of time in between when you check a hive and when you do check a hive you have to check so many different variables so and then you have to you know if you really want to do a good job there are even apps for this where you can manually chart in you know this is what this does this is what that does um these are the you know this is the queen is the age the brood all these other things and you do that you know every week or every couple of weeks depending on what you're up to but the time in between is actually where a lot of things happen. And it's like going to a doctor visit. You know, you go to your doctor visit maybe once a year or when there's a problem. But, you know, you, a lot of stuff is missed in the in-between gaps. And it, even to the point where, like, you have, like, a, a stomachache, for instance. Like, the doctor's going to want to know what you ate the last couple of weeks to see if that's a contributing factor. And so if you come to your hive, you crack it open, take that 15, you know, hour to really go through it, make sure it's healthy, happy, have all these things going for it. And then... You see a problem, you have to you have to wonder like, okay, how bad is it? You know, how extreme do I do I have to like pr- proportionally respond to it? You know, if, if you're just starting to get an illness versus like you're in the late stages of it, that's like a very different response to ensure that you're you're actively managing it. And so, I wanted to add sensors into it. So I went online, I started looking around, and people have temperatures, they have thermometers, they have all these you know little, I would call them almost toys because they like they monitor things that are maybe not as important. Like you can maybe know when something's swarming, you can maybe know some of these smaller details, but you can't know everything in one picture. And for me personally, I really am a big fan of math and numbers, all these other things. And while, and the end goal is not to like bombard all of you guys with like 26 different variables that you have to like monitor on your phone. Uh, it will be like consolidated into like a very professional GUI system where you can kind of like see the the big stats and know what's going on. But if you wanted to, you can like go in and like look at all the 26 different variables that we're going to be monitoring. And that is ultimately what I was working on because I think that when, if you can watch what's going on in the hive, when you're not at the hive, 
you'll notice things that are going on that you wouldn't have. I mean, that's just obvious. Like what's, what's better to catch someone when they're just starting to stumble or when they're about to fall? It's easier to catch them when they're about, when they're just stumbling when, versus when they're an inch off the ground. So with, if you add a bunch of sensors to it and you add them in a comprehensive way to monitor all these different variables and even like taking images and that type of thing, you can see to a great extent what's going on in your hive and almost to a higher level than even visiting it. Now, I don't want to take away people visiting them. I don't think you could take that away. But at the same time, if you're busy, you have all these other things going on, you need to know what's going on in your hive so you can effectively manage it. And at the same time, maybe it helps you realize things, especially when you're learning. Like there's so many different I don't knows. It's hard to decide like, oh, this is what I did wrong. This is what I did right. Um, This is what we can improve upon, that type of thing. It just gives like just in terms of like learning, it gives you like that tactile feedback to know when you did something wrong, right or incorrectly or any any other way of saying that repeatedly. But so I, I broke it down. I looked at what's out there and I realized that no one has these comprehensive way of looking at it. And the ones that do, they're, they're also trying to make these cheap things. And for me, I'd rather make something really, really premium that completely satisfies the need of taking care of the bees, making it easy on people. And really, the name of the game for me is user-friendly beekeeping. Like, it's not really people-friendly. It's not easy to do. It's not intuitive. You do something wrong. They die. You know, like, you think the wood that you, you imagine a beehive, you imagine one made out of wood. And you realize from the beginning of this talk so far that like wood really isn't the best material to make beehives out of unless you want to like kill a lot of bees and trust me i've killed a lot of bees and it's a horrible experience so for this one the next thing that i worked on is adding all the sensors into it so that it can be approved upon and you can monitor your hive wherever you're going whatever you're doing getting starbucks you know what's going on etc and so it required a lot of rating to like get into all these things like i at first i I built my prototype and even the one that's going to be shown on the Kickstarter is going to have the Raspberry Pi technology on it. But I also want to update that with some more customized hardware so it's more tailored to looking at bees and all this other stuff. Also, I'm looking at using some of the Google AI technology to suss out what's going on there because they have a really interesting visual machine learning programs. And I want to see how they work in and uh, over the winter specifically to see if like that'll help save hive lives. But the two big things that I've worked on is improving the hive, improving the sensor so you know what's going on 24-7. And then I'm also going to be working on, through the Kickstarter, this is what I need help with the funding, is working on predictive analytics using machine learning and this type of stuff so that we know what's going on before it happens using, you know, kind of like benchmarks and all this other information that's going out there. And actually the sensors is where a big thing that I wanted to communicate today which is really important is that like for it's, it's, it's going to be really helpful to have these things in place, monitoring these 26 different variables, because if you're a new beekeeper, they'll help you know what's important to watch and they'll let you do it 24 seven, as I've said, like several times now. But if you're an experienced beekeeper, you can know what's going on even, even if you're busy, which is kind of same as a, a, a new beekeeper, but experienced beekeepers like that, they, they usually take on more and more hives when something goes wrong, like it, it really helps to be able to deconstruct and figure it out. So as a like a detective tool, it's gonna be really helpful for that. And then this will also help out bee researchers because all this information, the data that's being collected, will be made anonymous. So like you won't know like whose data it is per se. But 
and I'll make it really easy for people to opt out if they don't want to share. But the information I'm going to partner with various universities to help translate into informing research and really push the cutting edge envelope. So not only do you get a beehive that's in your backyard, it's not not only do you get like the best thing out there, the best sensors to make your job, your life easier. You also make the lives of these researchers lives easier. And then they make the bees lives easier. And then a third of our food, which is billions of dollars every year, you know, can be improved. The lives of, you know, hopefully millions and millions of people can be improved with uh, better quality food, more food, you know, that type of thing. Like it's just, I think going to help out the entire ecosystem of beekeeping, help out the entire world in terms of like food and food security. And so this is really, these were really my thoughts. These were kind of like the things that I was thinking about going through and making this. And I decided on crowdfunding because I want to make sure that this is something that people want. This is not just me up in a, you know, a tower somewhere. Like I know my friends like it. I know the people I talk to have liked it. I know the people that I've been sharing with this online have liked it, but I really just want to engage with as many people as possible and say, Hey, this is what I'm building. If you help, even if like a couple of bucks, if you want to help on that level, um, that is really helpful. And there's even going to be a part of the campaign where like you just shared a bunch of times and you can win, potentially win uh, one of the hives. And um, even if I have to do them manually, like manually make all of them, I'll be able to do it. Like I, I've built a, a few of them by now and it's uh, it gets easier and easier after each time. But one of the future things I want to talk about is that for the hives themselves, when, when the Kickstarter hopefully is successful, I will be making them in the United States. And I think that's different than anything else that's out there. There's people that are making sensors that are, you know, cheap. And so they're probably going to be going to China or various other places. I mean, Flow Hive, I think, like one of those uh, recent crowdfunding things for beekeeping, I think they're made in China. And the thing is, I don't really think that building something in China is like the best thing uh, in terms of being supportive of worker and worker rights and that type of stuff. So I want to make them in America. And I have a very clear idea. I've been talking to a lot of people who are experts in manufacturing on how to do that in America and be really safe, very ethical, and very responsible so that every beehive is made to be enjoyed and doesn't have any hangups of like, you know, maybe child labor or any other supportive things. And uh, not to really rag on China too much, but, you know, it's a, it's a place where like certain criminals can forcefully have their organs removed and donated to other people you know that kills them and i was just reading about that and uh it's been going on i mean we've known about it since like 2005 like there's some really horrific stuff like you know like and it's not just like criminals it's like if people who have a different opinion of you so it's like imagine like if you're a republican and like a democrat you don't like you're like okay you're a democrat i'm arresting you or like a, a democrat arrests a republican for being that political ideology and um then like okay well now you're in prison i'm gonna like forcefully you know kill you take all your organs and like give it to someone else it's like that's horrific and so i don't i don't see myself ever supporting a government that supports that and so i want to make them in america i want to make them with people whose organs will not be forcefully stolen or anything like that and and all that money goes back into our economy and helps out the local people as well and kind of helps out with the manufacturing jobs there are a couple places i'm looking at going there's madison wisconsin there's chicago there is around boston and austin texas like those are the areas i'm looking at i also want to see like what's the best deals i can get see if i can get like some tax breaks and stuff like that to make it easier for me to set up because ultimately i want this to be a full-time successful long-term thing that isn't just like a one-off a couple of years i want this to be really helping out people for years to come 
So as many of you know, for being my longtime listeners, there's three questions I like to ask at the end of each interview that is just fun for me. And so I thought I'd ask myself and uh, see if, if they're fun. So the first one is usually, what's the question you have that you don't have the answer to? The question I have is, how many people care about this? Like I've done the market research. It, I've talked to thousands of people. It seems that this is something that people should care about, like making it easier for bees to live, making it easier to be a beekeeper, making it easy for be, easier for bee research to happen, making it easier for all, like just making it simple, a simple user experience, a simple beekeeping experience so that I don't know isn't a part of vocabulary when you're trying to figure out what went wrong. I think that's exciting. I personally have been in and out of the hospital, as many of you know, and when a doctor says, I don't know, it's the most infuriating thing you'll, you'll hear. And I don't want people to say that with bees because they're just such marvelous creatures and they help out all of us. I mean, honey, mead, like civilization is so directly tied to beekeeping. We're, we've been beekeeping since Egypt. But so a question I have is like, do you guys care? Like, is this something that you got, y'all care about? Like, send me a message, sign up for the Kickstarter. Like, that'd be really, really helpful. That's a question I have. Like, how many people care about solving this? Like I'm solving this and want to share my vision of a future where bees aren't dying in 40, 60% percentages every year where bees are thriving, where bees are doing so well and helping out support more fruits and vegetables and nuts that we can uh, feed more people around the world and feed more people in the United States and, you know, really put a dent in hunger, put a dent in beekeeping in the traditional way, like really change the universe. Because if, if this, if I am supported and this Kickstarter works and we're able to put them in there from the researchers I've talked to, if we get 10,000 hives up and running, we change the world. The world will not be the same if we get 10,000 of them up there. So my question is, do you care? Did this talking about my thoughts on this as much rambly as it is like I'm kind of a rambler sometimes, especially when I'm just talking to myself, which is kind of a weird thing. I've never done this before. So if you a double question on this is, did you like this format? Because there's a bunch of random stuff that I could talk about. Um, maybe not as fast. I think I'm talking a little fast in this one. But tell me, answer this for me if you can. How much how much of this did you care about? And it's fine if it's none. It's it's exciting if it's all. And I, I accept the negative and the positive feedback alike. So what's the problem I'm having that I would love help with? I would like to see bees doing better, whatever that means for any of you out there. And so for me, this is the way forward. This is the vision I have. I would like to hear what everyone else's vision is. Like, what's your vision for the beekeeping future? What's your vision for the vision, your 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 version of the future that you want to see? Like, there's that great Gandhi quote, which is like, be the, be the future that you want to see or something like that, which was uh, always on the wall of my grade school in the detention room, which is funny, um, both because I was there so much and because they put that there. Probably makes them feel good that uh, years later, I still remember it. But I, this is what I want to do. This is like the change I want to see. So I really, the thing I want to want help with is like hearing about other people's things. I don't want to be so insular on in what I'm working on that I can't hear other people's things. That's one of the things I like about the podcast. So I get to hear about other people's lives. So please tell me about your life. Uh, send me an email at lowell at, at lowellthisyear.com 
or join the newsletter. There's going to be links and stuff in the show notes. And that'd be great. And so the last thing is some book recommendations. So some things I would suggest is the uh, the B Democracy, I think is the way it's pronounced. Also, Master the Senate by Robert Caro is really good. And I would suggest paying attention to the podcast for the next couple of weeks because I have a massive amount of beekeeping, bee tech, all these problem series coming out. I'm talking like 10 plus episodes on this topic. So it's going to be amazing. Really pay attention to it. Each of the people have book recommendations. Each of the people you can hear about the research, hear about the struggles, hear about the projects they're working on. It's fantastic. So without further ado, I'm going to call it there. It's 24 minutes to listen to me talk. Probably too much for everyone. Uh, thank you for showing up and for listening to me. Thank you for being a part of the podcast to date. It's been wonderful years of making episodes for you all, for hearing the feedback from hearing how it's helped people, help people get funding, help people get jobs. Um, I even got to meet some of you. Uh, Elliot, uh, I'm not going to say your last name for obvious reasons. Uh, Elliot uh, heard about New Harvest Conference a couple months ago and he actually went out and I was there and I got to meet him. It was really fascinating to hear about someone who is going to be a trailbla- a trailblazer in the in the future, seeing himself position himself to do that. And I'd like to hear about more of your uh, the listeners out there, how you came to hear about the podcast. Uh, his was a teacher suggested it to him, but I want to hear how other people have been touched by the podcast because it really helps me. And if you're like, well, this has been really great. I really enjoy listening to it. And you've never said something to me. Say something to me. <laughs> okay. And uh, without further ado, I'll let you all go. Thanks again. Check us out at learnwithlowell.com. And Lowell is here, the Twitter handle. And you search those things, you'll find me. And there will be links to get involved in any of the campaigns I'm working on. Additionally, there's also job suggestions and recommendations as well. So if, you like, if you're looking for something in particular, email me and maybe I'll, I can, I'll uh, keep an eye out for you. I know enough startups and people. I can usually point you in the right direction. So thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We can be found on Twitter at LowellWasHere, Facebook, and on the website, learningwithlowell.com. Also sign up for the newsletter where you can hear amazing content every Monday, new episodes every Tuesday, and new blog posts around every Thursday. Remember to share and tell your friends. Please and thank you.